Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to NJSBA's program, Conversations on New Jersey Education, a show dedicated to creating a conversation among those of us in the education community and beyond on the important education issues of the day and to bring uh, state educational leaders to you. My name is Ray Penny. I'll be your host for this morning's show. Uh, before I get started, uh, however, I'd like to have Christy Ty tell you how to participate in the program. Christy? Uh, hey, uh, greetings, everybody. Now, if you want to participate by calling in, just dial 1-347-989-8904. Again, the number is 1-347-989-8904. And if you're ready to make a comment or ask a question to our host or our guest, just press 1 on your phone. That will indicate that you have something to say. I'll get your name and your question or topic, and we will put you on the air. Now, if you're just listening on your computer, we do have a chat room feature that you can log into. We'll be monitoring the chat room, and we'll pass on some of the comments or questions to our speakers. To log on the chat room, you will need to register with Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, Christy. Um, the Governor, Governor Christie's administration has been out front pushing concepts like tenure reform and changing teacher evaluation since he took office. And this year, it seems like there's some movement in that area. Uh, which to me is almost an amazing turn of events that we're even discussing these issues for years we never did. I'm very excited about today's show because for a couple of re- reasons. First, I think the, the the topics are very important in education, how we evaluate our, our staff and the tenure uh, issue is very important. But secondly, I think uh, in this discussion – uh, I like to get the feedback from all parties, and that includes the teachers. We may not always agree on tenure reform and teacher evaluation, but I think there needs to be in a dialogue, and that's what this show is about. My guest today is Joseph Sheff, Joe Sheff, a teacher in the District of Patterson and also president of the Passaic County Education Association. Joe, welcome. Thank you, Ray. It's always great to have you on. Um, Joe, how long have you been a teacher, and what grade do you teach? Or grades, I've been teaching thought. 30 years and basically middle school math, science, and at a time uh, when it's self-contained, so all subjects. And you're also president of the Passaic County Education Association, and how long have you been in that position? Uh, this is I'm enter- finishing my 17th year. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I've, uh, for our listeners, I've known Joe at, as president of the PCA for my tenure at the association. Um Joe, and in that position, I think you get to see not just the teachers in your own building, but you see teachers all across the county and the nation. And uh, yeah, the state, the nation, right. We we have many opportunities to dialogue and network. So uh, that's one of the reasons I asked you on is that, to give that teacher's perspective from the field. Let's start with tenure, though. Um, Joe, why do you think tenure is a good policy? All right. Well, let me preface this by saying I know you, Ray, and of course, at times uh, as school boards and and, uh, teachers, we disagree, but we both share a passion that education is for kids and uh, and our children, so uh, ultimately we're on the same page. Uh, I think tenure is necessary. Uh, It's been turned around. First of all, I think New Jersey was the first state, and it's been in for a 100 years to take the political whimsies out of it. we wrap it up to say it uh, will it protects the worst teachers, and in effect, I believe it protects the best teachers. 
Um, why do you say it protects? Because what the stories that you will hear, and uh, I can attest to it from administrators and others, is that you know there's always a teacher that has been there for a while, was granted tenure, uh, and they just have a hard time getting rid of that teacher. Why do you feel protects the, the best teachers or the good teachers? Well, first of all, uh, it, as as a teacher uh, gets experience and and more degrees in his uh, discipline, um, salaries usually go up with that. Since we don't make a product, uh, we become an e- economic liability as as salaries go up. Even though we may be master teachers and really reaching the kids, so when a district uh, has to uh, cut funds, it's usually on the backs of staff. Uh, also, there is the process, and yes, there are some uh, cases, one, two, or three, that may have taken uh, a tremendously long time and cost money, but if you go back and, and really investigate why, it was because the mechanisms that the district, the board, or the uh, building supervisor or principal did not prepare a uh, a good enough case uh and and that's unfortunate. Uh, it, it's like our legal system, the defense and prosecution. As a union person, naturally, uh, we defend everyone. As a professional, I would ho- hope if that person is not up to speed that the district's case is strong enough and, and we uh, exit that uh, person out of the profession. Now, we'll be talking about teacher evaluation in a little bit, but so you're, from your perspective – uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, is that uh, if the administration uh, has the correct um, uh, evaluation process now, they can make a case to dismiss the teacher. Well, sure. That's that's the law. That's the statute. That's been in effect uh, for as long as I know. Uh, so uh, um, it, it is that part of the profession that, that is charged with that responsibility. And if, and that that's a, another thing, if that's the part that's weak, that they're not doing it, we're going after the wrong thing. We're putting on a, a shingle on our roof while the foundation is weak. These people are still going to do the evaluations and, and the tenure process. So I think it would have been better to train them more extensively. Also, as you know, we NJA is New Jersey Education Association uh, realizes that in these t- tough economic times, we need to streamline the process. We've introduced bills, and and uh, I, I believe Assemblyman Dygman is introducing a bill this Thursday that extends the time that a teacher gets tenure from three to four years. It has uh, different evaluation models. It has different uh, proposals to help a struggling teacher, uh, and and it streamlines the process to go to an administrative uh, law judge rather than uh, uh, throughout the courts. So we're perfectly in line with it as long as it, it gives our members some sort of of uh, security in, in a field that uh, can be very whimsical and, and at the uh, at the uh, winds the political wind so to speak. Um, so your concern and from my experience, uh, most uh, school board members and most administrators, if they have a, an outstanding teacher, the salary has never been the issue. But your concern is that when times get tough, that if there's no tenure and protection, that if there's a couple of teachers, they'll take the higher-paid teacher with the 
uh, and eliminate that position. Simply yeah, well, you hear, you hear that, Ray, subliminally we hear that now. When you hear, oh, uh, we're keeping the older and and by design, the, the, the worst teachers and these new people coming in, they're the first to go. We have a healthy turnover in this profession. I, I believe there's a 25% turnover every year between new, experienced, and, and senior members. So the profession is a constant turnover. Uh, I, I, I think a statistic I read last year shows the average uh, uh, teaching length in both Passaic and Bergen counties are like 10 or 11 years. So that would lead me to think that people aren't just holding on for 40, 50 years, as some would have us to believe, and just breathe and make a paycheck. There is a healthy turnover. People uh, love the profession. They they stay in, and at a time, they know uh, they retire or they move on. So uh, there is a healthy turnover now. And as I said, there is a process. As you know, there is a tenure process. And... Uh, and uh, we're looking for ways to streamline it, not throw it out the window. I'm talking with Joe Sheff, president of Passaic County Edic Association. If you want to ask Joe a question, dial one three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four and press one so that we know that you have a question. Uh, Joe, uh, just a couple more things on tenure. So you don't have an issue with uh, increasing, um, and this is tied to the Dignan Bill, um, increasing the the years from three to four. For a teacher to earn uh, tenure, uh, do you? Because I think it, I, I remember a conversation with you a few years ago, and you had indicated to me that 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 was probably okay. Oh yeah, I and I and I think NJA is is fully behind that. Uh, again, we have three years to evaluate uh, non-tenure teachers, and and they could be removed uh, for almost any reason. Uh, they have no tenure protection. If we think that fourth year is going to be terrific, that's fine. But I think the argument is not that, oh, the fifth-year teacher is bad or the sixth-year teacher. It just seems that the political powers to be now are saying, uh, uh, despite what you said about boards wanting to keep good teachers, oh, gee, we have these teachers that are there 25 or 30 years. I think one comment was uh, the only thing they have to do is uh, show fog on a mirror, which is uh, very insulting because uh, as any other profession, experience, wisdom, and other knowledge is, uh, is, is, is sought after, except uh, sometimes it seems for teachers. If, uh, and I, I've asked this question before. Um, if tenure is a great model, why don't we have it really in any other field? Uh, you know, why don't we do it with police officers and uh, any other field? Well, first of all, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, there are there is due processes. There is uh, in the public sector. There is a civil servant, uh, civil service rules. But again, I ask if not, uh, what? How many police officers were let go? How many uh, paid firemen? How many uh, doctors or lawyers were disbarred or, 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 or let go because of malpractice? I think the numbers are very small in all of it. But because, you know, police do a tremendous job, they protect society, they have a different uh, a view. Uh, not everyone was a cop, but everyone went to school, so by extension, everybody thinks I went to school, I could teach. 
And it's mm-hmm. not. It's a profession like everything else. And as I said, the economic realities are the longer a teacher is on the job, the more money it's going to cost through salary, as it should because we pay for experience and, and, and knowledge. Uh, and um, if, if, if your back was to the wall and you had to get rid of $100,000, the first place you would look would be a, a senior teacher. Uh, it's going on in Englewood now. Uh, you know, years ago they, they uh, privatized custodians and bus drivers and, and uh, with the din of it saving money. Now, again, there's no money. They Englewood, I think, just pink-slipped all their secretaries and instructional assistants. It's a money thing. These are community people who live in the community, who know the kids, who pay property taxes, who pay sales taxes, who support local businesses. But the board's only way uh, in their mind to save money is to get rid of staff. I saw one other district who uh, who uh, can't have raises for teachers, but yet is willing to put in $7 million for a football field. Which is well, a good cause, but staff is, is is the greatest resource for a student in, in school or a child in school is the staff who's teaching them. And I, I'm not going to comment on individual districts, but I know when they usually go to – and it's not something they go to lightly, a school district, to uh, privatizing the cafeteria workers or, 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 or uh, the janitorial staff. It's usually that or cutting teachers – Salaries or or not cutting right. the salaries, cutting those positions. We do have a caller as a question. Let me put him on. Doug, you have a question uh, on uh, I guess on tenure it looks like. I do. My question is, I want you to help me understand why a teacher can work for three years and get lifelong employment regardless of their performance. Yet virtually in every other industry, maintaining your job is based on performance. And please don't tell me you're worried about political whims or the high cost of teachers, regardless of their performance, because we know that um, teachers or uh, school systems want to keep good teachers and maximize, maximize achievement. So please help me. How do you work for three years and get lifelong employment, regardless of performance, yet no other industry has that? Okay, uh, Joe? Well, yeah. Well, you don't, Doug. You don't get lifetime employment. What you get is a presumption of due process that after three years and after your evaluations that you can't be let go because of a whim. And it, uh, education, public education, is a very, very political institution. It's funded through taxpayer dollars. It's, it's uh, governed by government rules. So it's not a whim. It's a reality. And, and, do you, and uh, do you as think, I said, there is a process now are, to get rid of that teacher. And I'll go back to you. And do you think there aren't political whims in every other private corporation that are around? Of course, do you think that the school system is unique to its political whims, different than private uh, organizations? In some ways, yes, because we don't turn a profit as a private organization. If you're a salesman in a company and there's political whims, but you're bringing in millions of dollars, uh, the economic realities would keep you, whether I'm your boss and hate you or love you. Uh, that that's the the economic reality of it. Have you ever worked in private organizations and everything? Uh, Doug, uh, Doug uh, your position would be that uh, I would assume would be that if you have a great teacher, that's your product, uh, and students are learning that even if you don't personally like the teacher, you would probably keep them on the staff. 
If it was performance-based, that's exactly what you'd do. But the fact that you, once you work for three years, and regardless of your performance, you get to keep your job is unheard of. It's unheard of in any other industry um, that I'm aware of, and I've worked in countless industries. And only in this profession do you get lifelong employment regardless of performance. And don't hide behind due process. We all know that we have many good teachers many adequate teachers, and many poor teachers who are still keeping their job because of tenure. All right, I'm going to put you on hold, Doug, but if, say on the line. If you want to do it again, just press one a couple of times. Uh, Joe, that, that, that sentiment is out there. Um, it, now, I'm not sure how many poor teachers we really have. Uh, people always remember that. Um, how do you answer that, though? Um, well, but again... It's it's not true. There, it's it's not a lifetime job. The teachers are evaluated after three years, one, two, three times a year. It is performance based. The administration has the right to bring up charges to get rid of that person if they're not doing their job. Uh, we want to streamline the process, but to just throw it out, I th- I I think in a business uh, where everyone thinks. Uh, uh, like Doug, that we're just holding on uh, for lifetime jobs. Uh, we need some sort of protection in this profession. Um, well, you know what? We have to get into evaluation because it's, it's separating tenure and teacher evaluations is, is really difficult because you need to have a really good uh, evaluation model, and the teachers have to feel comfortable with the evaluation model, as do the administrators. Um, we are moving now towards. Um, changing. We have some pilot districts, uh, and in fact, you and I were at a meeting where we heard some people talk about the the process that they have with uh, teacher evaluations. They want to evaluate teachers on the performance they do. And and you were talking about the current way that we evaluate teachers. There's probably a consensus that we need to improve that dramatically. Would you agree that we at least have to improve the way we evaluate teachers, particularly the non-tenured teachers? Uh, I would agree we have to uh, evaluate all teachers. I don't know how dramatically we change it. I I know the state has four models, uh, uh, and it's pretty much uh, based on on how we're evaluated now, with a little emphasis given to student test scores, a little emphasis on classes and data-driven. And uh, quite frankly, uh, in my 28 years, all of my evaluations were based pretty much on performance and data-driven and how we adapt our lessons to each individual child. So I see no problem uh, with, uh, again, enhancing and and improving the evaluation system. Uh, There seems to be some concern, though, with uh, basing at least 50% of the teacher's evaluation on student achievement. Uh, And how they measure student achievement, I guess, is uh, depending on the class that you teach. Do your members and the teachers that you talk to have concerns about being based on either a test score or some type of assessment within their class? And what are their concerns? Well, I think the assessment tools, uh, I remember when uh, Commissioner Davies was there, uh, even uh, said at at a a joint meeting that the assessment models are not terrific, they're flawed. Uh, and to, no, I mean testing is naturally a part of the school. Uh, we would uh, we would 
we welcome uh, some uh, statewide assessments, but there's so much more when you're talking to children about uh, growing up and socialism and 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 uh, bullying and nutrition and uh, you know every uh, ill of society. You, you, we've seen a natural progression from the itinerant school teacher who rode from farm to farm for a dinner and taught a child to the one school uh, schoolhouse. Uh, to uh, uh, education has adapted, albeit slow as any other uh, uh, government agency at times. But uh, no, if we could have a fair model, uh, and and uh, the teachers and and administrators and community buy into it, and we could collaborate and cooperate, uh, we w- we welcome that. We welcome that. Uh, because the more that is known by everybody, the more transparent it is. I think it it would really show what a tremendous job my colleagues do every day. Um, on teacher evaluations, uh, I've heard the commissioner say that the evaluation model that he's looking to push, uh, Commissioner Serve, is not really focused on removing bad teachers, and we get into that argument, oh, how, how do I get rid of the, the bad teacher? But really, he says, and his focus is on getting all teachers to, uh, even the for quote unquote an average teacher to move from being average to being good, a good teacher to great. That would help our close the achievement gap more than just removing the few bad teachers that may or may not be in the school building. Uh, is there anything wrong with that belief? No, we we welcome that. It's naturally, uh, professional growth on a job, uh, I believe, uh, is innate in all of us. It's it doesn't stop when you say, gee, I'm a teacher, I have tenure, I'm not going to teach. My God, we go in every day uh, because, you know, you hear uh, rhetoric, oh, it's a calling, and not by us, so you know you're paid low or, or whatever, but it is a calling. We do love kids, and of course we want to grow in our job and be able to help And and, and if, if the models are there, but the four models, Ray, that we have now, uh, which are good in, in, in many ways, uh, they're supposed to be research-based, but one is just a check list and and let me just give a quote from a teacher it says, the checklist doesn't encourage discuss, discussion, said a teacher. I expected help with instruction, but the checklist didn't provide the help. That was one model. Another model that said, I received strong feedback. My administrator took the time to sit with me. I think this will make me a better teacher. So you see, within the models of the state, there's a, a dichotomy of how to do it. We welcome dialogue. We welcome a partnership where, you know, it's um, uh, a different foxholes, same war. We all want to get the best of the best out of our students. But, Ray, you also realize that uh, there's got, we were supposed to be six pilot districts that went to 30, and now by, Jan, uh, I think, September t- uh, 2013, that school year, Every district, whether they're highly proficient or not, has to adopt the model. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars would be spent. That's almost like me saying, you know, everybody needs insulin, whether you're a diabetic or not. Again, we've got one brush that seems to paint the whole state, uh, and 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 the time frame is so quick. By January of the coming school year, every district has to pick a model. Yeah, uh, the, the time frame is tight, but I, I guess the the commissioner believes that we did, we can't wait on this. Um, you know, the model that we use now, most people, what I hear say is that 
most of the teachers get, you know, 95, 96% get great reviews. This will probably change that a little bit, which I guess would be a little disconcerting to some teachers that you've been there seven years now, all of a sudden you're being told to, to improve. Um, but there will be a cost to it, I guess, because there will be more conversations among teachers and administrators well, or, there, or should you know, be. There's training, there's software that these models uh, want you to buy, there's books that go with it. So, I mean, these are companies, private companies that need to make a profit, but no, of course there's a dollar value attached to that. And again, in these tough economic times, we, we hope it works. And if 96% of our teachers are getting good evaluations now, I... I uh, I assume you're still going to see that, Ray. We welcome we welcome the competition just to prove that most of us are doing a heck of a job, uh, and and the ones that are not, again, the process is there to get rid of that four uh, percent. But the same administrators who are not doing it then, we, we're going to have this leap of faith to say now they're going to do it under this model. I hope so, so as a professional. So, uh, in your concern, and it's probably a valid concern, is that if we're changing the evaluation model, we need to really train our administrators and communicate that those these changes to the not only to the administrators but to the staff. I would think I, I would think that's where you begin to the person who's in charge of. Uh, apparently, um, uh, many people think the evaluations now are not working; that the tenure uh, process is not working, and and that. Let rest squarely on the shoulders of the building administrator. If that person is not doing their job, why am I going to be believe that because we have a new evaluation model, this guy is going to have an epiphany and all of a sudden be able to use that evaluation model uh, any better than he's using the tools now? So your concern and is that if you don't have... Uh faith or feel the administrator doesn't have the talent, it's hard to have faith in that evaluation model. Even if it's a good model, it depends on the quality of the administrator. Well, it's not that I it's, – it's hard not to have some fear. As a, as an educator, that it would be that your lifetime profession, that that your calling, that the job you love to do, could be done on a, just on a whim. I mean, you, you know, there's a lot of subjectiveness in this world, Ray. If you and I went to a museum and you looked at a Picasso and thought it was great, and I was a, a landscape person, I might think it was the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, but so there has to be broad-based evaluations. There has to be dialogue. Uh, many of our, of our uh, many of my colleagues have administration degrees. I have one. I just chose to stay in the classroom because I love the teaching. That's that's what I went in for. But there is a fear out here now that we are being blamed, and 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 the way the system has worked. New Jersey is one, two, and three in 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 every indicator uh, in in the United States. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's not forget that. Let's not think that all our schools are terrible and all our kids are just dummies uh, walking around. Because my God, we were at the valedictorian salutatorian breakfast, the best of the best. But our other kids are going on to college and 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 into trades and and. Uh, we have a tremendous, tremendous young population, and I am glad and I hope because they truly are what's going to continue in the future and lead America and New Jersey to continue to be great. And we're doing that. 
we're doing that. And it, it really sometimes infuriates me because when we say schools fail, teachers are bad, what we're really saying is our children were, that were turning out of school are are not up to par, and I don't believe that. And if any parent believes that their child is a drain on society, please give me a call and we'll discuss it and try to help. Okay, Joe, I'll hold that thought because we have a Jim, uh, Jim O'Neill. You have a question? Well, I, I, a comment I think Ray that leads to a question. So okay. it's about both of your topics. The first topic is I'm not sure why the state decided they had to go down the road of. Uh, the tenure issue without looking at the current process. The current process is it, you got 120 days, you could not pay a teacher, and we hardly ever get a, an administrative law judge that hears the case in 120 days. And, and the reason the governor's complaints about that are erroneous is because a lot of us have been able to talk people into retiring who aren't adequate because the process itself takes too long. So they should have just figured out how to expedite the process and the question I'm raising about the evaluation tool that the governor and the commissioner are advocating for, we're already spending $35 million a year on testing in the state. They're going to spend dramatically more, and it doesn't measure the tool, the things that actually make kids successful. So how do they expect a teacher who inspires a kid, keeps a kid in school, keeps a kid from a, a family that doesn't advocate for education interested and and now they're going to blame that teacher because the test scores didn't improve for two years. It, it's it's really one of the worst things I ever could imagine. The gentleman is correct. We score high on all kinds of tests and by all kinds of metrics. And this is one of the last states that you'd have to make some of those changes. But you do have to make changes in the way people retain tenure. And all they had to do is expedite that process. That's well, I think comment. I yeah. Um, now I'm not going to. I can't speak for the commissioner and the governor, but I can give you, I guess, what they're feeling on, on some of this is, uh, and I've heard this from other administrators, uh, Jim, that the system we have for evaluation now can be dramatically improved. Um, uh, I was at a uh, meeting where one of the superintendents from the pilot district got up and said he went through, when he took over the district, he went through the evaluations and looked at it and said it took him like 20 years, go back 20 years before he found a teacher that needed improvement. So he thought it was a pro forma uh, uh, priority in that district, and he made it a priority. Maybe he didn't need to be a pilot district to do that, but I think the commissioner would even admit that this evaluation model is not perfect now, but it, they want to move in that direction. It's not that uh, they think they have it perfect. Uh, and then, uh, isn't the commission, isn't the commissioner and the governor who've been running several districts that they criticize all the time themselves for 20 years, aren't they culpable? How are they going to tell everybody else who's, who's, who have such high-scoring kids in high-performing schools how to do it when they haven't demonstrated they know how to do it? Uh, I think the commissioner, I've heard him say that he doesn't think the state should take over schools. He thinks they failed at that, too. What I'm not sure what he would do in place of that. Um and in terms of your question on the tenure, I think the bill that Diagon's putting in there and that the Ruiz is putting in there, they're two totally different bills, and I, I'm not sure. Yeah, the Diagon bill is a much better bill. Uh, and no I'm not question. sure which one's going to move at this point, and I, I suspect that on June 30th when they break, we will not have one bill, in, the same bill in both houses. It'll be some uh, move in the, a different direction, and it'll be something for the wall. But the question, the question I would ask the gentleman you have there is, what I think that happened is that when the NJA, re, instead of saying 
look, we recognize it's a bad situation. Everybody's hurting. We'll, we're, we'll have all of our people advocate for taking a freeze for this year. The governor's argument would have gone away. And, and the people who refuse to do that really are the ones that have caused this problem. Uh, Judge I don't know why the NJA fought it so much. Joe's not a, a staff member at NJA. He's just a, a teacher and an elected official. Joe, do you have any comment on that? Right, and and and, and I agree with the gentleman's comment on evaluation, and, and we are promoting a, a streamlined process. Uh, as as uh, we know, we have home rule in this state, so there are each local association. Uh, NJA uh, could recommend, but it's up to the local association. However, um, taking a pay freeze, you know, some have done it. Uh, we have two districts in my uh, my county that haven't uh, had a contract, so in effect they haven't had a raise in three and four years respectively. Uh, I think one district in Essex County took the 0% under the guise that, uh, listen, uh, times are tough, and, and many districts did that, but it didn't help. They still got laid off. Teachers still got laid off. One district, all their support staff got laid off. Lo and behold, the district happened to find a sizable amount of money, but the way the law is written is you can't bring back staff and how to go to property relief. So certainly it's a tough issue to tell someone why your, your expenses are going up, take a freeze, but many did, not everyone, but it hasn't really shown much help in the districts that did, nor has it shown much uh, liabilities in the districts that haven't. So uh, I, I understand his point, and it's well taken. However, again, that was a local district, a local association, local teachers and, and support staff groups who felt uh, who live in the community, know the community, pay taxes in that community, and that was their decision. I think uh, what Jim was getting at, it might have been a better strategy for almost all the districts to do it. Is that what you were saying, Jim? Yes, and uh, because they were fighting a losing battle, they whatever happened locally, on a statewide basis, they looked greedy and insensitive to the economic circumstance everybody was in. And I also wouldn't have lost so much of their clout because they were fighting the governor. He won that battle. Now they've lost so much of their clout. And they, yeah, lost, and, and they lost the public perception. Public correct. And I back. agree. I agree. Uh, perception was lost. But as I said, NJA uh, could recommend there are a parent organization. Uh, we're a county organization, but, but that they rests didn't with recommend. the locals. They didn't recommend I, I, at that time, you know, it, it's very tough. They, I, I don't know if they recommended or not, but there was also no dialogue. After the election, there was no dialogue on either side. And, and for uh, both sides, the governor and the commissioner and NJA leadership, and, and certainly I know we reached out many times, but if, if this is such a terrific, a tremendous issue, would it, which, which it is, and it has so much economic uh, – um, economic of, of criteria attached to it, we got to get over it and sit down and talk like adults and see what we could do. But it was it was a battle. And, and maybe in hindsight, uh, we would have done that. Uh, and maybe in hindsight, the devils would have diff did a different line. Unfortunately, uh, we can't turn back the clock and go back, but let's go forward. Even if we did make a mistake, uh, we, we apologize, but we need to move forward to keep education, public education, strong and give the kids the best shot they have to make it in this world. Okay, Jim, I'm going to put you on hold. Thanks for calling. If you have another okay, question, just okay, press thanks. one a couple of times. Uh, 
Joe, you, you kind of alluded to it before, and I, like I said, I've gone to some events where there's teachers at, and sometimes um, with all these reform programs coming, teacher tenure reform and the change in teacher evaluations, I have a sense, and you can, since you're in the field uh, and you, you network with teachers on a regular basis uh, on these issues, I have a sense that some of the the fight uh, uh, against some of the movement is more uh, a concern with the motivation of the administration that it doesn't seem to be positive towards uh, the profession of teaching and that they feel that the profession of teaching is under attack. Is that – am I reading your uh, membership correctly? Yeah, well, you know, you keep hearing uh, no matter what uh, good statistics there are, you always hear a yeah but, uh, you know. Uh, and certainly uh, urban areas, some some other districts uh, have many, many problems. I, I think uh, uh, one in nine uh, live under poverty in the state, and in, in, in the inner cities now it's one in three or four. Uh, there are other issues that we need to address, and just to blame uh, the schoolhouse, my God, and a lot of times this is the only safe oasis these kids have. They come in, they have a breakfast program, they learn, they socialize, they're safe off the street, they have a lunch, They again, they, they, they're they learning their core subjects, math, science. Uh, so we're trying, but it's very, very difficult, Ray. It's like blaming a policeman in an urban area for crime being higher than a little sleepy suburban town in, uh, in, in New Jersey. It, it's just uh, what is there. We want to help and, 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 and try to fix it, but you just can't pick one little iota of that and say this is the whole reason everything is happening. This is uh, teacher salaries and, and teacher bad teachers are causing all of this economic distress when you're seeing hundreds of millions of dollars being wasted, whether it was uh, the Xanadu project or the Enron project or the tunnel project or tax breaks to these giant corporations, which I'm sure are good, but there are hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars spent. And then just to say we're in this economic crisis because of teachers and tenure, I, I, I think we're really taking a a, 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 a sophomoric look at the, at the problem. Well, I, I, I would assume that the commissioner is what he's saying, mm -hmm. and he agrees that we have great academic achievement. Uh, but there are pockets where we're not achieving, and uh, mostly in those poor urban areas, and that's where the focus needs to be. And maybe change the way we evaluate teachers and change the, the tenure rules because we don't have time to wait to try to help these kids that are in the system now. And, but my fear is a lot of people, uh, a lot of uh, teachers, educators, support staff go into these districts with the um, intent of helping and changing society and, 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 and changing that dragon. And now if they go in, I mean, some of the best of the best come in there because of that, that calling, so to speak. And then if we're going to say you're going to be held to the same standards where kids have two parents, college-educated parents, uh, economic uh, stability, a, a nice home life, 
Uh, and if you don't measure up, you're going to get out. Uh, what, what my fear is, how are we going to attract people into that kind of district? Who in their right mind would say, I'm going to go there and face all of these challenges, and even if I'm trying my best and succeeding on a small scale, but not meeting the expectation that the, the, these models are setting up to make everybody equal or, or, or to, uh, without any other outside of resources, why would anyone ever even think of going there? Uh, that's going to lead me to another question, but it wouldn't the, isn't the, the model that they're looking at is measuring student growth so that if, if you have a class of uh, difficult students who are below uh, grade level and you bring them up uh, a significant, a small victory, but they still don't pass the state standardized test, but you've brought them up a lot, you should be evaluated positively on that. Whereas Vice versa, you may have kids who are all at the, you know, uh, 95 percent percentile, and it's almost impossible for you to bring them up any higher. Uh, would that does that make sense to do that? Well, of course, it makes sense. But again, uh, uh, the devil is in the details. It sounds great, sure, if we bring them up, uh, but how many? Uh, you know, under the uh, No Child Left Behind in this race to the top, we're talking 100 percent. What if? Uh, Ninety percent of my class had some some tremendous growth. Ten percent didn't. Uh, you see, we're, we're, there's an unknown factor there. Does that mean I'm still a failing teacher? Uh, is ten percent too high? Uh, of course, it is. In in in, in uh, when you're thinking, you want a hundred percent, but. We don't know, and it's that unknown that makes us fearful and somewhat resistant. Teachers are very compliant. We listen to, you know, you, you were a school board guy. You guys make the rules. We try to follow them. Uh, you guys set up the evaluation models. We were evaluated by that. Uh, and as you know, I was on a board once, too. Very little dialogue between staff and administration and school boards. Very little uh, collegiality on how we could do this better. It's, it's kind of like the same thing. Here's a model. You're going to do it. If you don't, uh, we don't know what the uh, the evaluation tools are. But if you don't meet up to these tools, you're out of here. So of course there's a fear. No one wants to fail. No one wants to be deemed bad. But if they are, they are. Get rid of them. But we need to talk and really have a solid model that everybody is behind, so we could all buy into it. So you're you're saying that most teachers are not uh, concerned with. No, they're open to a new evaluation system as long as they have some faith uh, and there's a dialogue between all the parties involved. Well, sure, Ray. You're, you're a school board guy. Can you tell me what the evaluation tools are going to be? Can you give me concrete instead of, I, you know, because I'm in the same boat, I think it's going to do this. It might do that. Hopefully it'll do this. We don't know. We have no idea. Or These four models are all different. They're supposed to, the, the four in a district could pick their own, but it has right. to be research-based. I mean, research-based uh, investigation takes time. Now, schools... Schools are going to have to January, uh, five months when they come back in school in September to pick a model with all of this criteria. Unheard of. It, it, where in research would we say, uh, listen, we have a, uh, a skin cancer problem. Uh, you're going to go in in September. I want you to find a, a model to help cure it by January without any discussion ahead of time. 
Now, you know, as a school board, do you have any more information on these models and how we're going to be evaluated? And and is it the growth, how much growth? Uh, you know, we talk in, in, in pretty open terms, but when it comes down, my members, my colleagues, this profession, and ultimately the children are going to have to fall under these rules, and we don't even know what the rules are yet. Yeah, they're, they're still being developed. Uh, the school board members actually shouldn't be involved directly on teacher evaluations. Uh, what they do is they take a recommendation from the administration, uh, the superintendent, on what the model is um, and what we expect to get out of it, what the dialogue will be, how you measure good teachers or administrators and, and others. So uh, I think that would be it. Um, I think we have – we have one more question? Okay. All right, I have one more question, and I'll tell them to be quick. I'll do it. Hello, this is Ray. Um, you have a quick question? Yeah, hi, Ray. It's Lee. My question is, uh, Mr. Chef has been very eloquent on what is wrong with all the proposed evaluation models. What, in his view, is a fair and better way to go? Okay. All right. Joe, you have like 30 yes, seconds uh, yeah, to answer Lee, that. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry if you got that impression. I'm not saying what is wrong with these models. These models might be terrific. I'm just saying we don't have enough information. There hasn't been any dialogue to make that kind of decision. Um, these models might be terrific. We want to buy into them. We want to know the positives, but we don't know the particulars. And if we fall into a model that's terrible then uh, or, or not – and it may be good. It might not be a fit in that one district. How do we make an intelligent choice? I'm not against okay. these models. Joe? Quite, quite opposite. We're for Joe? them, but we Joe, need I have to know to more you information. Off. Joe, okay. I have to cut you off because I only have 20 seconds. But if you want to know about the good models next week, I have two superintendents on June 19th of the pilot district. So uh, join me on June 19th at 11 o'clock, which is Tuesday. Joe, thank you, as always, for joining us. Uh, and I'll talk to you again and thank the audience for joining us. Thank you, Ray, and thank all the callers. We appreciate it. Let's work together for the kids. Bye now.